morning. Welcome to church tonight. How are we all doing? Good. It is nice and warm in here, isn't it? Isn't that great? It is warm and dry. We're coming together, together to lift up the name of Jesus. Who's excited? Come on. Yes. Yeah. If you're not already on the edge of your seat, then let's get on the edge of our seat because God is in the room by His Spirit. Amen. And He wants to meet with you. Isn't that wonderful? He wants to meet with you tonight. He wants to speak into your life tonight. Isn't that wonderful? If you need a bit of an encouragement tonight, be ready for God to encourage you, to deposit fresh courage into your spirit this evening. So welcome, welcome this evening. If you are here for the first time, a special welcome to you. It's wonderful to have you with us at Activate this evening. We pray that you enjoy your time with us tonight. And if you haven't already picked up one of our uh, welcome packs, we would love you to do that after the gathering. We've got some food together after the gathering tonight. That's going to be good, isn't it? Enjoy some food together. So we'd love you to pick up a pack. There's a card inside. We'd love you to fill it out. Or there is a QR code in front of you on the seat. You can go straight to our website. We'd love to uh, get you to fill out that and pop it in either into our, one of our giving boxes or on the website and we will get in touch with you. We would love to get to know you. Now, something that we do at Activate is celebrate our birthdays and our wedding anniversaries. So has anybody here had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the past week? Is there anyone here? Would you give me a wave? We've got some chocolates to give to you. Bruce, I saw it was your wedding anniversary, wasn't it? Congratulations to Bruce and Maria. Awesome. Was that 27 years? Is that 26? 26 years going on 27. Come on. Congratulations. Well, I saw some other hands going up there. Congratulations to you. Happy birthdays going out. Was that happy birthdays, happy wedding anniversaries? There was a few hands going up here, there and everywhere. Congratulations. Enjoy your chocolate. It's today, isn't it? Jackie, was it yesterday? Yesterday. Happy birthday, Jackie. Lovely. I hope you had a nice day. Nice. Lovely. Happy birthday to you. Did you get chocolate? Good. Great. Everyone got their chockey? Nice. Enjoy. We declare blessing poured out, overflowing. Overflowing blessing upon the wedding anniversary people, the birthday people. Blessing overflowing upon you. We declare wonderful encounters with Heavenly Father this year. I declare His provision over your life, His peace over your life, prosperity in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Receive that. Enjoy. Wonderful. Well, there are a few updates for you, so have a look at the screen and stay tuned. Today, we're going to hear the notices, but first, we're hearing from Pastor Michael. 
Hi everyone, Michael here. I just wanted to let you know that we have Activate Prime this coming Wednesday. Prime is for those people who are in the prime of life, uh, the baby boomers. And uh, this is an opportunity for you to meet other people. We have great worship. We have a great message and an opportunity to share morning tea together. So if you haven't come, we'd love to see you. If you serve as a volunteer here at Activate or you'd love to join a team, why don't you come along to team night on Tuesday at 6pm at Ruakita campus. It's a great night where we can get all of our volunteers together from our different campuses and gatherings. We can have a bite to eat and then we get some behind the scenes info from Pastor Sheridan about where we're heading as a team in this next exciting season. On the same night at 7.30pm, we have our monthly prayer gathering. At Activate, we believe in grounding everything we do in prayer and thanksgiving. And this month, we are all meeting at Ruakuta campus. So if you've come from team night, stay for worship and prayer. Otherwise, everyone's welcome to come join us 7.30pm on the 1st of June. That's all the notices for today. Yeah, we declare blessing over everyone who's watching today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Good evening, church. It's so awesome to see you guys in the house tonight. And I'd like to invite you to stand with us as we lift up the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Who knows that God is faithful? Who knows that God is faithful? Tonight we're going to declare this over this place. Let's go. Thank you. 
verse 26 says, Oh my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. As a church, I believe we should be still in God's peace and receive what He has what He has gifted to us and said to us. Tonight, as we continue in our musical worship, I encourage you to open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to move freely, whether that's standing still, raising your hands, or just finding a place around the room. Be content with the Lord and the gifts that He has given to you and take delight in what He has planned. So Lord, as we come to You tonight, we open our hearts, Lord, to You and we stand freely and we we will take delight in what You have given to us. Thank You, Lord.
Jesus, you're the King of kings and Lord of lords, that yet you came. You took our place on that cross. Thank you, Jesus. I really feel like God is wanting to encourage the church tonight. I get a picture of um, the church walking the various journeys. Every single person has a different journey. Every person. Whether you're in an up season or a down season, none of us are perfect. And I get the picture of that walking along each, each, each one of our individual paths. And as Jesus, you know, came and he, and he took our place for us, He called us to Himself, you know, back to the Father, relationship with Father. And I feel like Heavenly Father is wanting to encourage us to cement ourselves afresh in Him tonight. That, you know, even though, like, I, I know there's so many testimonies, so many stories in this place tonight. I could share of my own story through the ups and the downs. Yet as each one of us, I know so many stories could share as we've cemented ourselves, as we've come into His presence, as we've come running into His arms. He carries us. He strengthens us. He takes us along. And I feel like there's some that need, just need to grab hold of that afresh tonight. Maybe there's particularly, oh, maybe I go to say younger ones, but I feel like it's not just for the younger ones. That you just need to cement you for yourself afresh today because Heavenly Father does not want you to do this alone. He does not want us to walk this journey alone. He is here. In fact, so much so that after Jesus took our place on that cross and and then He rose from the dead and He ascended to the Father, the Holy Spirit was sent and said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. I will be with you always. I will strengthen you. I will comfort you. I will walk with you on this journey. I will lead you and guide you. So we thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. And, and if we need to, if that's us here tonight, if we need to cement ourselves afresh in you tonight, help us to respond a yes, a big yes to you this evening yes I cement myself afresh in you I come running back to you over and over and over every day thank you thank you that you are with each one of us 
ask that you would continue to speak clearly in the beautiful way that only you can, Holy Spirit. This evening, may our ears be open to you. May our hearts and our lives be open to you, continually be open to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to continue in this wonderful atmosphere and we have the great privilege of Pastor Simon coming and sharing with us tonight. Yeah, how about you honour him as he comes and shares the word with us this evening. Give it up, come on, great big honour. Appreciate that, Pastor Jan. Thank you, church. Bless you this evening. Have a seat. Thank you. Actually, as you're sitting down, how about a hand for Tyra and the team for leading us around worship and song. Thank you, guys. Wonderful job. Uh, Really appreciate that. Hey, look, let me start. 1981. It was a good year. 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark was the top top film at the, the box office. Dallas was on TV. Never watched it. Never watched it, apparently it was probably right. Um, I still don't know who shot JR. It's a little bit of a dated joke there, but that's okay. We'll keep moving. But 1981, there was a song. Who here wasn't even born in 1981? Excellent. This illustration will mean nothing to you, so that's okay. Um, I, I, um, I grew up listening to a lot of R&B and soul music. That was sort of the music. Uh, most of the guys I knew growing up had two posters on their wall, Bruce Lee and Bob Marley. And... And that, which is reggae, I know that, but I also listen to R&B and soul. And, um, and I was listening to this song um, uh, only, only a wee while ago, but it was from 1981. It was their biggest hit. It was a group called Champagne. I shared this a, a few weeks ago. But um, a, a great, great song, <clears throat> and it starts off, it's about a, it's sort of a couple who are wondering if they've come to the end of their time together. And it starts off, have a listen to it sometime, lovely song, and it starts off, Ooh, short and sweet, no sense in dragging on past our needs. And then it carries on to sort of, should we carry on? You know, because, you know, if, if the relationship's over, maybe we should give it away. So it goes, let's don't keep it hanging on. If the fire's out, we should both be gone. And it's got all those sort of 80s synth vibes. Then it comes to the chorus where you might know it. Some people are made for each other. Some people can love one another for life. Well, how about us? And if you're here the other day, you'd have heard Owen going, How about us, baby? And he just wanted to keep going. But we can't do that because it's not appropriate. But this is a great song. This great song, 1981. One hit, one, you know, they had other songs, but that was their big hit. And I, I was listening to the song and I was vibing with it and I was remembering that time in my youth growing up and I thought, wow, I really, I, I really like that. And so what I often do is Facebook, which I know is like an older social media platform. My kids go, oh, social media is for old people. And that's okay because I'm old people. And so I thought, I'm going to post this. Um, I'm going to post this. So I, so I put on Facebook and I posted the song. And, uh, and I thought, wow, classic release, 1981. It was number two in New Zealand, and I thought, wow, this is a great song. And you know what? Uh, on Facebook, the, the response was overwhelming. I was, I was really surprised at the response. <laughs> it's been on Facebook for four years. Um, Rachel didn't like it, my wife. 
My mum didn't even, there were no likes, you know. But, 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 no, 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 it's not the end of the story. Because I found the site called getviral.io. Okay? And so what I found is that you could buy 500 Facebook likes for $17 US. <laughs> or if I wanted to get really funky, 20,000 for only 349.99 US. That's not bad, eh? Or, or how about TikTok? You guys, any of you ever done TikTok? Yeah, my, my daughter said, oh, cool, you can do this renegade dance. And she was teaching me. I went, eh, no, this is not going to happen. Because <laughs> I will fall off, I will hurt myself, and someone else will have to pick up the message. It would be awkward. So I'm not going to dance. Everyone goes, oh, thank you, God. That's wonderful. So if we have a look, no, no, you don't. You really don't. Um, so TikTok, I could get 100 TikTok likes for $1.99. Or... I could go 150 for 4.99, which is kind of a hard case because I could just buy two of those for four bucks <laughs> and save myself 50 cents. Yeah, eh? Or I could get really serious and get 10,000 for 139.99 US. So, so I now live in a culture where I can buy friends. I, can, I mean, people have always done it in various ways, eh? <laughs> but. But I can buy friends, I can buy views, I can buy likes. Um, no matter what social network I'm on, for the right price, I can buy popularity, I can buy friends. And there's a, uh, there is a market for this. There is a market for this, which I find find hard case. You know, we all want to belong. It, it is part of being human. It's part of how we're created. We all want to belong. We all want to be part of something significant because where we belong brings us a feeling that of value, of significance, of identity. It's an absolute key to who we are as human beings. Our society has uh, been described by some social commentators as a swipe right culture. You may recognise that description from a popular, well, call it a dating app, I suppose. When we like something at first glance, swipe right. The moment something, whether it's a person or a relationship or a job or a community, loses its appeal, swipe left. And uh, Pastor Jeremy Linneman notes that swipe right culture promises freedom and autonomy. I'm in control. It's all about me. But the mo- because the moment you're not satisfied, you can find something new. And most of it is done using your device. So we have the internet. We have text messaging. Go for the Skype, Twitter, Facebook, Viber, Snapchat, Tumblr, Instagram, Hooper, Chumba. I don't know. Probably lots of others that I've never heard of. Um, Instant linking with others, regardless of distance. And, this, and I find this amazing. Yet, in, Despite our increased connectivity around the world, our culture is noticing an increasing sense of isolation and loneliness. We are far more connected than we ever have been. We are far lonelier than we ever have been. That's part of the world that we're living in. Despite 24-7, always-on connectivity, we are lonelier than any other human group in history. We're just not living in that village sense that once, once all cultures, European, indigenous, were all cultures lived in that village uh, sensibility. We just don't have that anymore. One of my favorite Christian writers, David Benner, uh, says this, that the deepest ache of the soul is the spiritual longing for connection and belonging. No one was created for isolation. And you know what? If you don't get it, you'll get sick. It'll affect your thinking. It'll affect your emotions. 
It'll affect your physical health. It'll impact your relationships. It's part of who we are. It can't just be fixed. With me. It's, it's not just a physiological thing. Um, we all long for close relationship. We all long to love and to be loved. We all long to know and to be known. We all long to belong. <clears throat> Deep down, we all want to belong. And I found this, uh, there's a two-by-two two chart that Andy Crouch and Jeremy Linneman sort of provide that show the, the key values around this idea of being known and being loved. And it, I found it really helpful to consider it. Let's have a look at it. And, and so the idea is that to belong is to be known and to be loved. Let's, let's, let's have a closer look at that. So down here, ignored and rejected. We're not known. We're not loved. So no one knows who you are. No one wants to know who you are. So you're not known. You're not, and there are people groups around the world where this is their reality in the places where they survive. They are non-persons. It's horrific. Okay, then we move up to rejection. We've all experienced it, haven't we? Yeah, four of us have experienced rejection. It's horrible. I tell you, everyone else, it's horrible when you experience rejection. And that's where you're known and not loved. So <clears throat> the classic example is when they're choosing teams at primary school and they're going around and they go, yeah, oh, yeah, there's a, yeah, John, yeah, nah, and you just carry on. So you're known, but you're not welcomed into the group. You're excluded. From, from the acceptance of being part of the group. Um, <clears throat> so Tim Keller notes that to be known and not loved is our greatest fear. Because that's that, that's that part where we go, this is who I really am, this is what I'm really feeling. It's a koha, really. It's, it, you're, you're opening up who you are. And when that's not received, well, then we, we suddenly realize, well, if I need to get on in this world, then I need to put on masks and I need to act in a certain way. And that brings us through to fitting in, where you're not known but you're loved. So I'm not really known. People don't really know the real me, but I conform to the person or I conform to the group so that I'm accepted, so that I'm included. Think of the peer pressure through high school. I can think of myself, I was a, I was a pretty unsporty, nerdy sort of a kid growing up. Then suddenly I shot up, got quite big, started playing the first 15, and then I thought, well, I need to act a certain way. So I started trying to act hard, and I started trying to act tough, so I could fit in. It wasn't good. It wasn't good for me. No, in some ways, people weren't expecting it, but there wasn't that sense of just being able to rest in who I am. Who knows, there's that other awkward sense of trying to fit in. I think it was Diary of a Wimpy Kid or Tom Gates. I read this example where there was a, a mass teacher and he, and he comes in and he's trying to connect with the kids and he's like, what up, dog? Are you ready for some straight-up algebrazil? And he's just like, oh, oh. You know that cringe? Oh, no. You're a 58-year-old mass teacher. no. You know, So you're trying to fit in. You're trying to be something you're not so that you're loved. Yeah? Uh, Brene Brown, research professor, puts it this way. If I can be who I am, I belong. If I have to be like you, I'm fitting in. And so, and so we find that in culture, this pressure to conform. Big part of New Zealand culture, conformity. Oh, we're all New Zealanders, aren't we? Which means you have to all look a certain way. And act a certain way. Very big part of our 20th century identity. This, this idea of conformity. But actually there's this wonderful diversity to humanity. That's called to live in unity. Which brings us to belonging. Where you are known... Oh, look. Is anyone here? Just, just, just pause for a moment as I trust the Spirit is speaking to you. 
where you can, where you can think of the wonder of being known, of someone who knows you. You know, if they sit with you and they go, I know what you're like, and I see you and I, and, 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 and I love this about you. You know, it's not someone putting you in a box. Oh, you like books, so you're this sort of person. Or you're this sort of person because you're female, or you're this sort of a person. You know? No, not putting people, just, just being known and being loved, belonging. <clears throat> this is what being loved by God is like. He knows us, and he loves us. Um, I remember as I was, I was just talking through this, I was talking through this with Ruby, and she shared with me a story that I've often shared. When I was about 11, I played soccer. 10, 11, I played soccer. <clears throat> Football, the beautiful game. And it was 1982, actually, the year after 1981. And, and rugby was on the decline because of, of unpopular tours and stuff that were going on in the country. And soccer was on the rise because we were about to make the World Cup in Spain. And, and my dad in the army was getting a whole lot of flack because his boy was playing soccer. He didn't care because his boy wanted to play soccer. So he took me along to play soccer. He knew me. He loved me. Didn't care about what anyone else said. Didn't try and force me to conform to an ideal of what masculinity should look like. You know? And I got to play this game and it was, it was wonderful. So to belong, to be known, to be loved... You know, uh, <clears throat> part of the wonder of marriage. Rachel been married, what, uh, how much is, I'm just trying to work it out, three, 24 years. 24 years. That's more about, uh, that's more about thinking under pressure. <laughs> Pastor Sheridan's a mathematical one. You saw the formulas last week. I struggled a bit with numbers. So 24 years. And she has seen me, like, like when we first met, I was smooth, I was cool, I was awesome. I can, you can be cool for like a quarter of an hour. But eventually, if you hang around someone, they're going to get to know what you're like, eh? You can't hide it anymore. And so Rachel has seen me at my best. She has seen me at my worst. She has seen me act in a way that has reflected Christ and glorified God monumentally. And she has seen me in some pretty dark places. And she still loves me. You know, it is a love like God's love. And between you and I, there, there are times where I just go, wow, Really? You know, see, God loves us not because we're lovable, because He's loving. We don't, we don't earn His love. It's not like, well, you've worked hard, I love you, but I don't love. No, no, He's loving. That's why He loves us. But it's hard for us because we have grown up in a world that says, if you act this way, and if you perform, and if you achieve, then you'll be accepted and loved. And so we work hard to fit in, but God just loves us. And there's something healing and transforming in that acceptance and love. You know, we don't have to act a certain way to be loved. He loves us and we change and transform because he loves us. And so first and foremost, we need to know that we, we I mean, belonging, of course, these, these wonderful values that we have is activate. And belonging, of course, we, we, we think of us as a people. But first and foremost, it's about you and I as individuals and as a, as a body belonging to God. First and foremost, um, these wonderful verses that I have here. Well, we're looking at Psalm 100, verse 3. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. Beautiful, carries on. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Uh, the, the, com the contemporary English Bible puts it this way. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. We belong to Him. We belong to Him. 
that could be a terrifying thought to some who don't want to be owned. But actually, when you know who God is, it's a comforting thing. We have a place where we belong. Um, And so this whole idea of, of connection, to be human is to be designed for intimate relationship with God. That's why the yearning to belong uh, for connection is spiritual because only God can satisfy. That's how we were designed. That's something that we we, we need to get across. C.S. Lewis puts it really well in his classic Mere Christianity. Uh, he, he, He starts off, he says, God made us and he invented us as a man invents an engine. Okay, A car is made to run on petrol and it won't run properly on anything else. True? I've put diesel in a 91 engine. It doesn't work. You can pour Jim Beam in there. It doesn't work. Why? Because the engine was designed to run on something. Yep? Okay. So C.S. Lewis continues. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. So you and I are created in the image of God. That's how we were designed. Oh, no, no, we think that money, uh, we think that acceptance, we think that you know, being the sexiest person around, we think that's what will that's satisfy. It, it, it doesn't. And, and, and human history is littered with examples that that's not the case, that it's a life lived for others that brings true satisfaction. C.S. Lewis carries on. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it isn't there. I don't want my engine to run on. 91, I want it to run on milk. Well, there are no engines that run on milk. It's just not how it works. Human beings run on God. That's how we were were designed. That's that's how I understand it. That's how we were designed, to, to, to love and to be loved, to know and to be known. And God knows us personally, loves us deeply, lavishly. Now, few people can recognize us in a crowd, eh? God does. At times you may feel lonely and say, nobody knows me, nobody cares about me, but God knows. God knows you better than you know yourself. And and, and, you know, how does Psalm 139 begin, that beautiful Psalm of David? Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Yade, you, you know me, this deep and intimate knowledge. You know me deeply, intimately. You formed me together in my my mother's wombs. You know my days, my words, my thoughts, my fears, my dreams. Paul, I I, I love this. Let's, let's, Let's look at the scriptures for a moment. The Apostle Paul. Amazing. I love spending time with him as I get to know him reading the scriptures. A phenomenal figure. Trained at the feet of the Rabbi Gamaliel. Um, grew up in the city of Tarsus, trained as a Pharisee, a man who, 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 who was steeped in the traditions of his Hebrew fathers, who knew Torah, who knew the law, and he thought that the church was, was bad. He thought the followers of Jesus were, were a scourge and he wanted to get rid of them. He persecuted the church. When he writes in his early letters, he says, oh, I don't deserve to be called an apostle. I'm, I'm the least of the apostles. I persecuted the church, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And when I read Paul's writing... You get the sense of a man who knows God and loves God and a man who knows himself as known by God and loved by God. Just an example. If we, his, his great uh, letter to the Romans, famous chapter 8, he says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. 
You know, this is a man who was imprisoned, who was, who was uh, nearly killed initially for, for the gospel, who was persecuted. He says, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. He says, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is a man, I, I think, who, who, who knows himself as loved, wherever he goes, standing before crowds of thousands that want to kill him. He knows himself as loved by God. Ah, oh, that's challenging. That's challenging. Um, he writes to the Galatians, who were a church that was sort of slipping away from the gospel and falling back into some funky teaching. He says, I'm trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, even 400 years later, they talk about in literature how, how that autobiography, people writing about themselves and their feelings just wasn't around. And I'm going, have you never read the Apostle Paul? That's pretty personal. Man, I'm trusting in Jesus. He loved me and he gave himself for me. You know, so he knows himself as, lo as loved. He's in this beautiful relationship with, with, with see, he, he persecuted Jesus. He persecuted his followers. And Jesus turns up and, and treats him with grace. And Paul is never the same again. Everything changes. And then uh, in his final letter, uh, 2 Timothy, this is the last letter that he will write uh, before he will be martyred before Caesar. He says, for I know the one in whom I trust. He's writing to Timothy. He's in prison. He knows he's not getting out. The NIV says, for I know whom I have believed. I love it. He's not saying, I know what? I know the catechism. I know the doctrine. No, 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 no. I know who. And he's good. And he's trustworthy. Everyone else has abandoned me, but the Lord stood at my side at my first trial. How could I turn my back on him? And so you, you read through Paul. Here is someone who is known and who knows himself as loved. And you find that uh, through Scripture. And, and that's, that's what I would love for all of us. And that's part of the journey, isn't it? Is, is to understand ourselves as known and loved. Paul knows Jesus. He loves Jesus. Now, the truth that we belong to God, that can transform our lives. We're a child of God. doesn't matter whether we're in work or out of work or whatever role we have in this life. I'm a child of God. And from that comes our worth. From that comes our identity. From that comes our sense of assurance. I'm a child of God. And then as I understand that, I view you differently. Okay? And that, that, that flows too. So we're God's people. So belonging to Jesus also challenges the way we belong to each other and we view the other in life. And if you look through the news recently, you know there's still that xenophobia, that fear of people who are different that is still part of life around the world, even here in New Zealand. New Zealand, even here. This, this idea of people just, just not feeling comfortable with those who are different. This understanding of belonging can change all that. Because we not only belong to God, we belong to each other. We belong to each other. Uh, Paul writing to the Ephesians, and he's talking to the Gentiles who are the non-Jews. And in the ancient world, Jew and Gentile didn't mix. They didn't mix. Those ethnic barriers, were, you didn't cross them. The, the cross of Jesus changed all that. You know? so, and God has gone through a phenomenal length to be in a relationship with you and I. That's why he sent his son. This is what I love. He knows me, which means he knows all the dark things, all the secrets, the cringeworthy things in my life. He knows all that. He looks at it. He sees that in me and still loves me. Yeah. 
and still loves me. And so, so the son goes to the cross still for me so that I can be in relationship with the father. So like Paul, I can go, he loved me and gave himself for me. And so we come here. And so now you Gentiles, uh, Paul writing as a, as, as a Jew, are no longer strangers and foreigners because Jesus has made the two one in the cross. You are members of God's family. Uh, I love how the message puts it. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. That is in the church. You belong here in the family of God. Think about that in terms of belonging. You know, I, 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 I go home. My father's been passed for 10 years. My mum is a widow. I walk in. I walked in the other day. She had a fire going, and it was just pumping hot, and I just lay down on the couch, and I was gone. <laughs> now, if I walked into the house five houses down to the right of my house, and I lay down on the couch and slept, I'd be arrested. Why? Because well, I don't belong there. So the sense of belonging, you know, I walked in and there were chicken nibbles sitting on the bench. I just started eating them. What a stink guy. But I could because I know, and my mum's like, oh, no, 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 you eat those. You know, because I, I, I belong. You know, having said that, I brought food because I want to bless you. You want to hear the arguments we have? Here, mum, take this money. No, I don't need it. That's the arguments we have. You know, the sense of belonging, the sense of mutual love. Um, the early church, oh man, read through Acts. The early church, they loved one another. Oh, they had their, they had their issues. Why? Because they, they're not perfect, as Pastor Jan shared with regards to, to us today. They're not perfect, but, but they shared everything. They, they ate together. They met together. They helped one another. And in that, in that ancient world, people of different cultures and different socioeconomic classes and ranks didn't do that. It's the gospel that broke all that down. The gospel broke all that down. Women, children had no status in, in, in society. The gospel gave them value. You had to be a paterfamilias. You had to be a, 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 a male figure to be anyone of status. But this all changes with the gospel. Um, Emily Asfani Smith from The Atlantic describes the price for our social disconnection. Listen to this. She says, we volunteer less. We entertain guests at our home less often. And we have fewer and fewer close friends with whom we'd share the intimate details of our lives. We're denying our social nature and we're paying a price for it. See, I can read that through theological eyes and go, yeah, we have a social nature created in the image of God. And when we deny it, it's not good. Over the same period of time that social isolation has increased, our levels of happiness have gone down, while rates of suicide and depression have multiplied. Loneliness is affecting, it is epidemic, it is rampant among every sector of society. Our young people, our elderly, our men, our women, it's, it's, it's horrific. Why? Because we're created to belong. We, we have a desire to be known and loved, and in turn, to know others and to love others. And as I, am, as, I can, as, I, as I practice and know uh, God knowing me and loving me, I can find a secure place to know and love others. And to be able to turn that towards others. We're made for connection. We're made for belonging. In the mid-60s, a beautiful man called John Varnier was the founder of The Last Community, and um, where people with disabilities lived with others who cared for them. And uh, Varnier and Lars sought to create families where those with developmental disabilities could be accepted and loved. And I've always been moved by these words of his. He said this, The important thing 
is to feel that somebody loves you. And that if you're not there, you're missed. And that if one day, as we all are, we're called to die, then somebody will weep for you. These are beautiful words, human words. You know, uh, maybe a week or so ago, we, we had a pretty intense game of rugby and I got a bit frustrated with one of our players and, and, and masked by masculine banter, I was a bit harsh about something that he'd done on the field. Now, in the context of, of how we speak there, it was nothing. But I went away and I was, I was quite perturbed by how I'd spoken to him. It had upset me. I spoke about it with my family and, and sort of just to gauge it. And when you're when your older kids sort of go like this, then you know maybe it's not cool. So I looked forward to practice where I could see him come, and I saw him walking across. At least I thought it was him. I didn't have my glasses, but I thought it was him. I said, is that you, so-and-so? Um, let's call him Nigel, uh, because his real name's Brian, and I don't want you to know that. So <laughs> Nigel was walking towards me, and, 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 I, and I went up to him, and I had just been dying to do this for a week. I just put my arm around his shoulder and I held him to me and I said, Brother, I said, sorry for being an ear glass Saturday. He said, oh, no, no, that's all right. And I said, no, no, no excuses. I said, the juices were flowing. I was, you know, sort of hyped up, but that's no excuse. I'm sorry about that, brother. That's not cool. He said, that's all right, Simon. And it was, it was lovely to connect because, see, see, there are deep values going on because I want him, and our team, our team, We've got some really good players and we've got guys who don't, don't, have never played rugby before. But the key value is that you're not ranked on whether you're a good player or not. You're ranked on whether you're part of the team or not. You know? And so we want people to belong. And my behavior had sort of started to push him away. I didn't want that. So I wanted to bring him back in. I, I didn't want to be someone who, who was excluding. So I had to go, sorry, I was an egg. And... And so that's what I did. You know, I, I, come, I come here to church, to, to belonging here among a people, you know, and there's so many different levels to it. But, you know, when Rachel and I went away down south to take a wedding, you know, we could leave our boys with whānau at the Bartlett's, and, and, and that was cool. Um, when, uh, when, when we were away another time, the Mullers, kept, I kept getting update texts from Ashley Muller, who would pop around and just check on the kids and take around these wonderful curries that he made. And I was gutted I wasn't there. Um, but, you know, just checking on the kids. That's whānau stuff. Um, when we went away on holiday, Tyra looked after our house. And as, as one of the kids said, you don't just get randoms to do that. That's whānau. And so, and so this, this sense of belonging. And, you know, and at a deeper level, I have walked with brothers who... Who, whose marriages are struggling. I've walked with brothers who are struggling with their kids. Myself, as I've gone through dark times, as I've grieved, I've had people who have come around me, people who know me and people who love me. I'll text Nairi and others at times where I go, hey, look, just going through some time, need some prayer. Going away to minister, need that covering. And I've got those people who have my back. The sense of belonging. It's human, people. It's human. It's not super... It's spiritual, Deeply spiritual, but it's also deeply practical and pragmatic too. You know, I could say, help, and there would be people who could be there who would not judge me. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be standing here, 
At the age of 50, I'd sit at the moment there, some of you going, hey, you can't be, no. You look 62 at least, no. But I, I wouldn't be standing here without the people of God. Perfect? No. But here within the people of God, I can practice being known and I can practice being loved. And we can learn to live for others. And I can learn to know others. And I can learn to love others. This introvert, this guy who could easily sit in a room and read books all day. I can, I, 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 I can sit with people who, who are into diverse things. And, and I'm fascinated. You know, some are into sailboats. Some are into model trains. Some are into cars. I'm not a petrol head in the least. But they're into cars. And I can be interested in their corridor because I'm interested in them. God's taken me on that journey. God's helped me to, and that journey hasn't finished yet. Because we're, we're all on the journey of being known and being loved, of being able to know and to be able to love. I love C.S. Lewis's words. May it be the true I that cries out to you. May it be the true thou that I cry out to. Intimacy. No masks, no put on. Just, just reality. Genuineness. So as we finish... You were not made to do life on your own or even on your own. Can I ask the musos and singers to come out, please? Because if it's all right, I'd like to uh, sing a particular chorus. We weren't made to do life on our own. You're not made. To, none of us are strong enough. Oh, you're strong. And there's a point where we have to stand on our own two feet. And Galatians says, bear your own burdens. But it also says, bear one another's burdens. You know, it's getting that balance right. And we weren't made to do life on our own. We belong to God. We were bought at a price. We're not our own. And here among the people of God, as we, as we connect with God, and we, as we connect with God, we realign the way in which we view others. And it's here that we can practice being fully known and being fully loved. So bit by bit and day by day, I'm becoming who I was meant to be, a fully secure child of God. Amen? Can I just get everyone to stand for a moment, please? Just as we were coming into, coming into this time to speak, I was touched by the idea of a theme running through our singing, this idea of life to death, graves to gardens, and and I have a sense that, that for many of us here, I just want, if you could, just, just to come into an attitude of worship before God. And I want you to, to picture yourself turning towards the sun. Okay, it's like you're turning towards the sun. And as you turn towards the sun, that sunlight hits every part of your life. And it shines on some of the dark areas. And it shines on some of the areas that have gone cold. And it shines on some of the areas where there are dreams that have just sort of fallen by the wayside as you've thought, no, that's not me. That'll never be me. And so I want to, if, if it's fine, Tyra, if we could sing just that, that, that refrain about just, just loving God, just how we love, how we love the Lord. I just want you to picture turning to Him and just letting that light and love soak into every part of who you are. 
You don't have to hide. You don't have to pretend because your heavenly Father knows you and loves you. And so imagine yourself standing before that heavenly light pouring into your life. And I want to see where He wants to touch, where He wants to, where he wants to, to bring life, to bring growth, to bring His healing touch. Let's just sing. Just raise your hands and let's sing. Jesus, we As you reach out to Him, just imagine His love and life touching your heart. No other distraction, nothing else dragging away your eyes. Just look to Him. Hallelujah. If you're here this evening and you think, yes, I want to connect with this God who loves me so intimately. I want to know what it is to belong. It's a bit scary. Your heart's beating. You're thinking, oh, that, that's quite something. But, but, but there's nothing like it. This is what you were made for. This is what we were made for. This is why, this is why Christ went to the cross so he could open the way so that we could come into relationship with him to bring you into His family, this new humanity that He's creating. If that's you this evening and you want to say yes to God for the first time, if that's you, can I just get you to raise your hand? Because we want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. We want to encourage you. So if that's you, can I just get you to raise your hand this evening? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for these precious people. And I ask, Lord, that by your Spirit you would bind us together, that you would bind us together with the cords of your unbreakable love. Help us, Lord, to be a, a community of faith known for a sense of belonging. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters for a sense of belonging to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be a people who would be able to fulfill your commandment of loving one another, that the world may know that we are disciples that we love one another. I pray over you all, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the intimacy with the Spirit, but also the fellowship that He creates. Be with you all. In Jesus' name. Amen. How about you give it up for Pastor Simon? Fantastic. What a, a great encouragement. That was good. Thank you. Yeah. Do you know what I learned? That five of our church family this evening, I think at least five, are uh, away at another church, blessing them, leading them in praise and worship tonight. Isn't that cool? Was it Josh and Ruby and Liam and Zane and Dylan? Is that right? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. So good. So not only we, we got the church family here, but we got the church family out there. And then also we were at Tuaco this morning with Reese and Sarah and, and um, Pastor Simon was over at North this morning and Michael and Gillian were here to, uh, um, this morning. Yes, yeah, so isn't that cool? So cool, the church family. Yes, at Wide over in Morrinsville as well this evening. So cool. Awesome. We're going to finish with some food together this evening. That's a great way to find a place of belonging, isn't it? Over food. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Yes. What better way to find belonging than over a meal together? So we're going to we're going to have snack and chat shortly. So please stay. Stay for some food together. Introduce yourself to somebody that you don't know and enjoy munching away together this evening. And so another couple of ways while we're talking about belonging. I heard before from Jay and Keita up on the screen that this Tuesday night is what? Team night. Tuesday night is team night, 6 p.m. We do need you to RSVP though, so please email the office to RSVP for that because we want to feed you more food. That's good, eh? But if you're not in a team and you go, yeah, that's one way that I need to join a team to to get that sense of belonging, then you can do that. You can come 6 p.m. Tuesday night and we will find the right team for you. How's that? Yeah, and then we're going to pray together as well. We're going to carry on at 7.30 and we're going to pray together. It's another great way to find belonging. Um, And also activate groups. If you're not in an activate group, which is one of our small groups, then we would love you, or we would love to help you find a great group because that's another place to find belonging. So please go onto our website. You can uh, click on the, on the uh, right place there around groups that you're interested in groups, and we will help you there. That's great, eh? Yeah, so let's be proactive. Take the initiative. Oh, let's be purposed. That's a good word, isn't it? Be purposed in, in finding belonging, yeah? Another great thing that we do at Activate is giving. And so I declare blessing upon the givers. We are purposed in our giving. So our giving stations are in the foyer. As we go and enjoy snack and chat, you can enjoy that together. We're coming up to Global Legacy Month. That is exciting. I'm excited about that. Yes, fantastic. 
If you would like someone to stand with you in uh, prayer for anything whatsoever, please come on up the front as we finish. Shall we sing a song to finish? Let's do it. And then we'll go and enjoy some food. Have a great night, a great week. I declare blessing over you in Jesus' mighty name.
It's more than a feeling, a glimpse of eternity. 